was living the dream, motherfucker. <laughs> what dream was that? <laughs> what we, yeah, I know. Um, we've got to get the um, got to get the voice art artist thing sorted because then the ads are following me everywhere, <laughs> all over the internet. <laughs> Literally, like everywhere. If I open up like the Guardian on my phone and I forget to log in, I've got like voice talent. Would you like some voice talent? It's like insane. And then I dropped my iPad and no. I had to go to the Apple Store, um, which was an experience. Um, and so I had to set up a brand new iPad. And because it was new, every time I logged in on Chrome or everything, it was just like fucking voice talent. You name it, it was oh bonkers. Word. You gotta get some blockers on the go, man. Hang on. For some reason, you're actually coming out of <laughs> the wrong speakers. <laughs> you're coming out of there. You're not coming out of my ears. <laughs> Oh, oh my word! We've got to stop that because we'll have you kind of looping back in on the thing. It'll be a Zoom um, setting, won't it? Because Zoom can you can choose different things to your system. Sound maybe sound. Oh, just on the little um. Scarlet up. Where you? Internal speakers. Right, go now. Go now. Go now. Oh, what the hell? Go. You click um, on the little. Are you in this? Zoom? Oh, no, 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 no. Click on the little up arrow and Zoom. Arrow. Okay, so I've done that. You should be coming through on there. And then go into Zoom, and then what am I doing? The little up arrow next to the microphone uh, lets you choose different speakers and mics. Yep, yep, and, yep, 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 yep. Got it, and, got it, got it, got it. And weird, yeah, weird cool. thing is, it lets you choose um, microphones and speakers and stuff. A Zoom like is like too many options. Anyway, whatever. It's bonkers. So you got what's our? So you got to do the yeah, intro. Yeah, you yeah. do the intro because uh, it's too long. What the hell? But do the, you do the voice intro, and then I'll I'll, okay. I'll, I'll recap our last two episodes. Um, the voice intro. I don't even know where that is actually anymore. It's in Notion. I've things around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. I've moved things around in my Notion. Um, um, Uneducators is a podcast about the intersection of design, technology, and business. And right in the middle, in the sweet spot, education. Together, Messrs. Murphy and Proctor explore the world of teaching, past and present, public and private, profitable and profitable. Uneducators is hosted by Mr. Murphy and Mr. Proctor. So without further ado, let's hear these highly educated fellows ramble. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, every week, every week <laughs> for an hour or so about education, technology, design and business. That's the short version of the introduction. <laughs> we totally need to get it shorter. <laughs> it's insane. It it's too long. Definitely, insane. Definitely. It's too long. It's way too long. It's like a fucking essay right there it's like a dissertation i know i know so where are we at last week we talked about um about node noggin we did the week before we talked about propel um and the school of design what are we talking about this week uh i'm not sure yet but i I don't know i think we should talk about let's talk about what we've done and then maybe we'll figure something out because i think there's loads we can talk about what's been going on during the week and all that kind of stuff as we head off um what was your well and we should talk about going on for you Oh my word! It's been manic. It's been insane. Like every. You've got a pool. Yeah. So there's a few things we need to iron out here, right? Firstly, it's. <laughs> um, Adam has a pool. Everybody, Adam has a pool. So yes. In his back garden, it's unreal. So it's huge. I know. So there's a few things we need to. Yeah. So basically, I spent most of today sitting next to my pool, uh, writing and fiddling around using a Linux operating system in the garden. It was amazing. On my little. What, what, why, why are we using a Linux operating system? What, what so, were you working on? So basically, I, I at the beginning of the year, my, uh, for my PhD, the people who sort out all the postgraduate students um, or the research students sent me an email saying, "Hey, you can have a laptop 
as part of your studies. I'm like, oh, really? I'm like, give me a laptop, obviously. You don't need a laptop. <laughs> you just bought another one. So I'm like, but I was like, okay, oh, I, could get, I could get a laptop and put a Linux operating system on it and see if I can install and run Node Noggin and do all the development on a op- proper open platform. And I'd played yeah. around with a few Linux distributions before, but they'd always been on hard drives or VMs, and you don't really use them because then yeah. it's just on your Mac. So why would you bother? Uh-huh. So I, I emailed back and said, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Is there any chance you could just get me like a basic computer that will run, that I could install this uh, Linux operating system on? And the one I went, went for is an operating system called Pop, which has got um, a real drive for user experience around sort of Linux What's it stuff. called? Pop? Yeah, P-O-P. Pop. P-O-P. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, pop, and I think on the website it's pop exclamation mark underscore os, but it's called pop as far as I know. I think it's a flavour okay. of Ubuntu. I think. Okay. Or, well, I'm not sure actually. Maybe it might be a flavour. Oh, I don't know. Some of this stuff gets really confusing. Anyway, it's nice because it looks nice. You know, it doesn't look okay. horrible. And um, for those who've been around for as long as we have, we've seen lots of Linux distributions that are, look terrible. Well, yeah. this one is actually a pretty good looking os so anyway i messaged them and said yeah i'd be great because my project's all about open uh, free and open source software uh, you know I, i'd be great if i get this machine and of course they were um they had to check with the century with the it people because they're like mm, mm-hmm. that's not a that's not a standard installation and you know we've got to so it had to be signed off and approved as an as a weird installation and as soon as i'd installed anything other than windows on it they're not, you know, anything that went wrong with it was down to me, and I got no zero support, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, fine, I don't need, right, okay. I don't need the support anyway. Anyway, cut a long story short, it round and round and round. This kind of went waiting and waiting, waiting. Coronavirus hit, blah blah blah. Uh, I've been chasing it up, and eventually they they got back to me this week and said, oh yeah, we know you were going to give you that laptop for free. Well, actually, you know, you get you get like some of your money each year to spend on things. You can use oh, right. you can use that to buy it. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, fine. Just use my account you, to buy it. So I ha- so you actually have that money left. You see, all of ours was just hoovered up by the center. Yeah, well, um, I don't. I think this is money allocated to each PhD student gets a, a little piece of allocation. Oh, okay. That they okay. spend so per year. So this is more of your PhD. Yeah, money. yeah, that, right, and they basically okay. give it to you in in small amounts. Um, it obviously, it's nothing compared to the fees, and you get it yeah. each year. And if you don't spend it, wait. It, Wait, are you paying fees to be a PhD? I pay student? half fees, yeah, half the fees. The institute pay the other what half. What the hell? How much are you paying? Uh, whatever. I don't. Okay, so it's probably like four and a half thousand or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, what? Uh, you know, are it's you like hundred. It's like a hundred and something pound a month, and I've been paying that since oh, I no since I started. That's another reason I got to finish this stupid thing. Samantha keeps so, saying to oh, me, "No way!" At, 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 at my art college, art school, Belfast School of Art, that's paid for. I don't think you have to pay the fees. I know, I know. I think it's all just paid for. In lots of places it is paid for. Uh, we The deal we had, uh, ours, when I started, was that I would get half the fees and I'd be allocated a day a week. That is, half the fees, is, they've obviously taken that. Me being, able, yeah. me being able to take a day a week was a little harder. But <laughs> That was just a lie. <laughs> so, like, yeah, you'll get a day a week. What? What about a day a week? So, I mean, yeah, you know, I know, but that was down, you know, that's yeah, down to lot, that's down to other things. There have been other staff who have been really good at doing a day a week because their position is not as uh, not the same as my position. Anyway, right. So um, just realised. But I think that the, I think the deal. Got to, oh, the timer. Got to put the timer on, man. Got to put the timer on.
Um, set it for about sort of 50 something minutes. Yeah, I'll do. down here because it's sort of clicks in the background. <laughs> did click um, anyway, <laughs> no, it's the last one. So I basically since we started doing the podcast, the proper version of the podcast, Adam has become obsessed with sound quality. See the previous versions of the podcast that we did, like the minus episodes. Adam didn't give a shit. Now that we're actually listed in the Apple Store as an official podcast, I don't even think we are officially listed in the Apple Store yet. But Adam's become really super sensitive to uh, any kind of noise. You know, like don't blow your nose, don't do anything. <laughs> it's I know, I know. It's so true. you you use some of your money that yes. you have already given them as a yes. member of staff to exactly. buy back a computer. So here it okay. is. I got like a little so it's Dell, a Dell? It's a Dell Latitude fifty four hundred. Okay. It's what arrived. I got a guy from IT delivered it to my house. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody hell. No so, way. Um, and I was well, I was in meetings all day. Like this week, it's been meetings like back to back with exam board, pre boards, all this kind of stuff. So it's been like really quite horrendous. But he right. he dropped it off. Uh, so Samantha took it in. I, I said, oh, this guy's coming. Definitely going to be dropping it off. And then I so I messaged and said, oh, great. Uh, is there anything I need to do to obviously install pop on it? You know, and he's like, oh, yeah, the BIOS password needs to be removed. I'll come back. So the guy like drove back, really nice guy, really amazing. Are you serious? Yeah, drove back in the afternoon. I gave, I sort of candied him the laptop outside in the garden. He like fiddled around, turned yeah. the BIOS off. So he said, now you can just do whatever you want on it. So I, inst- so I went and installed no Pop OS, and I spent most, you know, a bit of time getting that up and running, and then, no and not really to use it. And I was two things. I want to use it to try and do the coding, Ooh. and as a writing machine. Okay. Because I was like, okay, it's a little laptop. Maybe it'll be really nice fun just to have it as a writing machine and with less distractions and I won't put any work stuff on it, you know. So I'll be able to sort of throw it in my bag and, you know, go go off to the little kind of park or whatever, you know, and type stuff up. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I it's bought, been great afternoon. So I went to the Apple store to get this replaced, right, which is my iPad. iPad. Because I had dropped yeah. it on the glass, uh, on, the, on the outside of our house. Um, oh and goodness. I had an appointment at... 10 past three on Sunday. Um, first things first was I went and the guy said, no, 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 just use the the iPod rapid replacement scheme. And I was like, oh, great, what's that? And he said, just, just on your phone. And he's trying not to lean too close to me. And he said, on your phone. And I was kind of looking at Safari and he went, yep, there, just when you get home, just do that. So as soon as I was trying to book a time in the Apple store, as soon as I got home, I went to iPod rapid replacement scheme. Of course, it said, uh, oh, Every time I filled in the form, it just took me back to, do you want to book a time to go into the shop? And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. I'm, you know, I was literally standing outside the shop about an hour ago. Anyway, I tried to book a time and that was 10 past three on Sunday. So I went there and five past three, went confidently went right to the front of the queue, which was massive, right? And said, hi there, I've got this um, time. I had my mask and everything on. Hi there, I've got this time at 10 past three. And they were like, yes. And they just pointed to the end of this queue, which snaked like right round the shop, uh, the shopping center. And I was like, what the fuck? And I said, yeah, no, I've got this appointment here on my phone. And he said, yeah, that's the end of the queue over there. And I was like, what? Um, so I had to wait at the end of the queue. The queue took like about an hour and a half. And it just like, and it was great. I just did a bit of writing on my phone. But when you went in, it was insane. Like they, they did your temperature. They, you had to wear a mask. If you hadn't brought a mask, you had to. they gave you a mask. When you went into the shop, it was amazing. I mean, it really was. They were taking it really seriously. When you went upstairs, there was four four geniuses presumably maybe genii um you know the plural of genius there was four genii uh, and they were dealing with four humans like normal people like ourselves and you know i kind of went to go and she said whoa behind that black line please 
And I was like, oh, sorry. And at one point I went to go and get a drink under my mask. And she said, no, 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 you can't drink that in here. And I was like, oh, sorry. It was really serious. Anyway, the other thing I got was that new keyboard thing. You know, the magic keyboard. The one that floats. Oh, my word. It's amazing. Cost me £299, but it is unbelievable. Oh, my God. The actual trackpad works. It is unbelievable. I have used a little trackpad. You know, I've got one of the old trackpads. I did connect that to my, my iPad. It is nowhere near the same because I said to my friend, Ben, maybe I could just use my mouse. And he said, honestly, just try it. And, you know, you can take it for two weeks and you can take it back. But I don't think anyone would go back to the Apple store um, in a two week sort of window. Um, plus, I'm in Donegal. So I've been going to the car park and stuff and writing on it. And it's amazing So because you are literally sitting there. It opens up into this floating thing. And then you just start moving your mouse around just like a normal laptop almost. And, you know, the the cursor is a really nice piece of design because it's like, it's a, like a, f- a circle yeah, finger, finger. Thing, yeah, yeah. and as soon as you move it near to text it just morphs into a, a normal cursor and amazing oh Absolutely nice amazing. yeah nice piece of product I, design. the main thing i found today was I, I spent a bit of time just basically i've made everything massive so i turned on like accessibility functions for large type bumped up the sizes of things and um that and it made it really useful but i've i think i need to get by my pool a little table you know one of those you know <laughs> You know those. That's, I think I need to get by my pool. You know, oh, you, know those, uh, you know those. You know little granny like um, wheelie tables that come in across where they normally have dinner. Yeah, on. yeah. I only think I need to get one of those for my laptop because I found I was I was kind of hunching way more than I would. Yeah. Because quite it's like a fourteen inch machine, and I think people should understand that when they say I've got a pool, it's not like a it's not like a Los Angeles it's, uh, pool. It's, it is massive. <laughs> it is. Well, it is quite big. It is. But it's not, it has like a foundation, right? Yeah, it's yeah. got like foundations. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's not like dug into. It's not dug pool. into the ground. It's a, it's an no, uh, it's over the top like, plastic. Yeah, it's round kind of freestanding. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not plastic. It's got metal on the outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and awesome. what's that? So the other thing that happened this week, and this is why we got to get to the thing about being stony broke. It's <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> we got to get that him. Is, um, Patreon.com, patreon.com slash Proctorbot, P-R-O-C-T-E-R-B-O-T, patreon.com slash Proctorbot. I don't need your money. I do. Okay. Cause... I actually I actually hired an employee this week, so there you go. Oh, Chris you needs your money then. Tell me more. So no, basically... No, what that's... <laughs> what? Your good. Money... I'm loaded here. <laughs> what happened was like, in the beginning of the week, Evie basically appeared. I mean, it was a proud dad moment. It went, Dad, I'm, I'm missing football. Can we get Sky Sports? I was like, yeah, we got Sky Sports. Two clicks later, I bought all the channels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. So your daughter is really into football then? Well, because we go She's to like... football all the time, and we haven't been able to go, obviously, because lo- ah, since the lockdown right. and whatever. Um, so she said, so you can watch the football? Well, it's other ch- Wim- obviously Wimbledon are not on the television. <laughs> so we're- what? Well, no. One, uh, the, the, league, the league that we're in was... Uh, Port stopped, so they finished the league. Finished and the positions were cancelled. Uh, no as they were. But okay. we aren't on the. We're not. Uh, league uh, one is not um, often featured on Sky Sports. It would be Premier League and other channels. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. no. We, so, but you're just basically able to watch. Like, we can watch, football. yeah, other football matches basically. Okay. And Samantha had always wanted like we haven't had regular TV for like maybe I don't know ten years or something silly. You know. Um, what? Yeah, because you've, so you've had no TV in your house. No, just iPlayer and. On the PlayStation and whatever, so Samantha was oh, moaning. Okay. She said, "So she said, yeah, let's. We, I want, we want regular TV.' So I just went BT TV and just bought everything. 
But I got to get another. I got to get an aerial for the loft because it doesn't. I thought right. it would download all the channels, but it's only got the subscribe ones. So that is another right. reason I'm stony broke because it's like fifty quid a month or something for all the Sky channels. <laughs> Yeah, we managed to dodge that bullet because we live in an old house in Hillsborough. And they were like, look, we can either pin the cable right down the front of your grade B listed building or you can sign this kind of clause waiver thing and we'll just charge you for your internet and you don't have to get the package that's bundled, you know. So we actually managed to get a... Personally, I think that, I, you know, I think our BT internet was better than our Sky internet. It just was a bit more reliable. Although, to be fair now, it could just be the pandemic. It could just be that everybody's hammering the internet um yeah but it just well, depends I, yeah. like i mean yeah. last thursday i did a whole workshop uh, on design sprints remote des running remote design sprints and facilitating design sprints which was run by these awesome guys down in dublin um and i was a an attendee on it and one of the guys that invest in i martin had sent me a an email saying hey take this look at this thing it's it's this design sprint workshop i've got a complimentary ticket but i can't do it would you be interested and i was like yeah this looks great um, and plus complimentary ticket i was all for a complimentary ticket anyway the, the guys who are running it said sorry that complimentary ticket was just for martin but we can give you 25 percent off and i was like mm, do i really want to spend 300 quid on design sprint you know facilitation training actually it was probably one of the best 300 quid i spent or wow. 400 i can't remember it was okay. three 400 500 quid or something um but it was in euros as well so it was probably less than that but it was really good because i've been planning on learning how to use Mural and how to use Miro and how to use those tools to run a sprint or run some kind of remote um, type exercise. And ever since Chris Hammond from IBM showed me their Mural setup um, on how they run design thinking workshops, in my mind, I was like, I need to spend some time to learn all of this. And it was worth it because I spent a day with five other people doing a design sprint like a kind of fake project so we would learn the the structure of it and then after it was finished they then sent us access to all of the boards that they built so for me building a board for the whole day uh, or for a whole one week sprint workshop that probably would take me over a day anyway yeah so it was kind of worth my while to spend probably half of my day rate and go on a training thing so no that, that sounds awesome. good i mean i'd be interested i'd be interested to hear more about how that worked because i mean i've run uh, I do like a UX, learning what UX is really in user experience design. And I tend to do that as a one day workshop. And I've done that at Winchester a number of times and at Brighton. Um, and it's worked really well. And we do it as a little is fake. you? Yeah. You're running it. Yeah, I run yeah. it. And we do like a little fake um, project. project basically, which yeah. is uh, and it, the one I still do. And I wouldn't mind revamping it, but I do a one where it's like, uh, that the uh, London wants to go basically more green. They're going to have an influx. There's so many more people going to be in London. How are you going to encourage people to travel across the city using different types of modes of operation? So get them off the tubes, maybe get them on push bikes, on the Thames. So to build something, and, and it tends to mm -hmm. be an app because they kind of want to learn those bits around an app. But it's yeah, like, yeah, how do you yeah. use something to like nudge people to maybe choose more environmentally friendly uh, ways Modes to of transport. yeah, and also aimed yeah. at young. So again, we have a target audience of like eighteen to twenty-four-year-old young commuters who are traveling across London. You know how might you gamify? So there's lots of things in there. So and we tend to mm. work a day where uh, tends to be graphic design students um, who I've done this with, who um, where they go into little teams and just come up with ideas throughout the day, and we have loads of sort of moments where they present stuff back and do sketches of the kind of apps and stuff how are you doing that are you doing it in the 
in the in the place. Yeah, I've done. I've only ever done it um, physically in in oh, okay. studios. So, so if, if you've done it in Brighton, you've been in Brighton. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, and it's right, all big, okay. and it's all so, big bits of paper and black marker pens. You know, what was really nice about this was this was all on a mural board. Yeah, it nice. was a really long mural board. And the night before, um, so maybe this episode should be about the future of design sprints and remote teaching and that kind of stuff, because, you know, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so, so, so let's the, just hang on. So we touched it on mural and stuff before So in episode two, but mural is a, uh, a space hmm. where you can spatially arrange mood boards effectively. Would that be, a, do you think that's a good way of explaining it? Yeah, I'm actually looking at mural on the internet. Just How do now. they, what do they call it? Um, they call it a digital workspace for visual collaboration. Okay. So I think that's a pretty good description of it in, you know, five words. Um, so essentially what you're getting is um, a bo- what's called a board. Um, and it's a, you know, it can be a series of boards. So it could actually be like, you know, like almost like imagine Monopoly and you've got a Monopoly board. And then the next door to that with a bit of space, you've got a Cluedo board and a something else. And these things are called boards. And then onto those boards, you can drag photographs, you can drag post-it notes, you can type into the post-it notes. You can also highlight a bunch of post-it notes and, and organize them so that they tidy up into a grid and they all look a little bit neater. Um, or you can make a board in this case for us, it was a really long thin board that was like almost like a web page, but horizontally. And so there was like blue slots down the board, which showed when we were having a break for coffee, when we we're having a break for lunch. And um, we started off with some how might we questions and we all gathered some post-its. And then we started to take those and use those as the basis of sprint kind of questions. And we basically just moved our way along the board from uh, okay. left to right. And so the board effectively um, was a sequential thing. And it showed you sort of yeah. said, you got an hour yeah. and you'll be working on this board. And there's a blue thing that says, going to have a 20 yeah, minute break. Coffee. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then you move to the next bit and you take some of the stuff with you from the previous board and so on and so forth. And the idea is that, you know, you could, I mean, we ran through this in a day. I think you probably would run through it in about four days. I mean, the this traditional sprint methodology, the sprint book is a five day method. Yeah. But apparently I have heard now that they're talking about trying to make it four days. Really? Um, okay. I mean, yeah, I, yes, I have heard that. A lot of organizations I know have pushed their sprints to two weeks now. And I think, well, it's like a cyclical process. Yeah. You know, you would do, say, three or four days, and then you would do some building of stuff, and then you would do another sure, one. Sure, okay. And so on and so forth. I mean, all of this is kind of up for grabs, I think. And it depends on the organization, and it also depends on who's in the organization. Yeah. So let's say you're running a charity and you can only get people in for, you know, half a day a week to work on this stuff. Well, you would have to rethink how you run your sprints. I also think that Smashing um, Magazine through Smashing Conf are doing really interesting work with this because. They've taken traditional workshops that would last for a day. And, I, and I've run workshops for Smashing Conf where you come in at nine and you finish at, say, five or something. Um, now what they're doing is they're doing like two hours on a Monday, two hours on a Tuesday, you know, and they're sort of spreading over the course of a week, which I think is, an, is a really good approach. Yeah. Because if you're doing a whole day sprint, you're exhausted oh, by the end. It's a killer. This you is know, the thing. It's I know, too much. I mean, this is the thing with a couple of those... Um, when I do the whole day, I say to the students, this is like compressing like a week, two weeks worth of stuff into a single day just to give you the yeah. framework to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a killer. You know, I'd love to spread out, but you don't really have that time because you're just trying to, you're not, you're trying to explain why a sprint would be a useful thing, give them a rough way and say, okay, now you need to deploy this in your future projects over a long yeah. period. But yeah, it gets, uh, it's full on if you do a day sprint. So for me, I thought that, trouble with this kind of thing would be that if you were using it in a teaching context let's say in a traditional teaching context like an art school 
Um, it would be a challenge to run a four day sprint because students have jobs and there's just no way that they could come in for a four day sprint. Um, I think it would also be a challenge to run four two hour sessions, you know, say Monday, exactly. Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, because the same reason students want to know what days am I, am I being taught? And then the rest of the days they are jamming with like having a job. And I even think that students at the School of Design who are tend to be people with jobs who want to upskill, they'd almost all have to take a week's holiday for us to do it. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I think I need to look at is how do we run something like this in a modified way over a day? Yeah. Um, or how do you run it in a day and then you come back a week later and you pick up where you left off, um, but you perhaps give people some tasks to do in between? So I think that the challenge that faces us just now is how do we build on that methodology that is normally meant to be five days intensive and you know how does that work for people who are either upskilling and have a job or well i mean i say upskilling and have a job all of our students whether they're at winchester school of art belfast school of art or the school of design are upskilling and have a job yeah. for the most part um, whether it's a job in mcdonald's or a job in a studio they have a job and they just can't take a week off um, so we have to be creative about how we do these things. But for me, spending a day using Mural was really interesting. I mean, I showed it to Kyle, who you know, Kyle um, Boyd, yeah. yesterday, and he, he was super excited. He looked at it and he was like, oh, this is, looks really amazing. Um, he could really see the potential of it. And I, I reckon that, you know, we would probably get more done if we collaborated on it together and we maybe split off bits of the boards that we wanted to rethink, um, you know. And so there's definitely scope for a number of, um, teachers to work together to build a, a useful sprint system or something based around that. So on the know? day that you were, but it was it was worth the money. Yeah. Sure. So on the day that you were doing it, were you you were, were you also on Zoom or some other video thing whilst looking at the boards? No, I was on Zoom. Yeah, I was on Zoom. Yeah, okay. It, it, I, I stayed home. Cara and Caitlin came up here to Donegal, and I stayed home so I could focus on this. And I knew it was coming on on the Thursday. And of course, the one day I was doing this, we had like four deliveries at our front door. It was like the door was knocking. I was going, like, sorry, sorry, folks. And I had to run to the front door, uh, grab stuff and then run back yeah, again. Typical. But we were doing some stuff on Zoom and then some stuff on, on just on Mural. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, Mural, Chris Hammond uses it in IBM and it looks really, really cool the way they've set it up. Yeah. Um, but I know that Vitaly is using M Miro, yeah. which is another Same one of these yeah, yeah. things. Um, so there's a variety of these different things. Tell me this. Could you use Node Noggin for this? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, you okay, could. So you could do the whole same thing. You could do the same thing. I mean, it's, it's probably has got less functions because it's less uh, less designed for the, the right. options that Mural and whatever want. But yeah, I've, it's always it's been designed to have a an unlimited canvas. You know, you could use it in the same. You could use it in the same way for sure. Without too yeah, much I think the un unlimited I think the unlimited canvas um, is is kind of amazing because you know you can be off one side of the board and making some stuff up, um, and there are also some pre-built. I'm just looking at it on the screen now. Um, there's a bunch of like pre-built things that you can use. Um, the colored post-its are kind of nice. You can kind of draw into it as well. There's a variety of different things that you can do. Um, here's a definitive guide to. Um, hosting facilitating remote workshops which looks interesting we should maybe add that into the show notes um, but yeah it was it was worth the money for sure okay, you know? cool. I was glad I did it 
So, yeah. No, it's interesting because I think that with... So that is that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting with that because, I mean, I, I do think that students, particularly design students, gain a lot from uh, a quick a quick understanding of what agile methodology is through the, the lens of a design sprint, right? But it, like you say, that whole day when you try and do it is pretty exhausting. So I, have, I do wonder whether there is ways that you can um, package that up in, like you said, to, to be a, like a short video that's watched in advance. And then you do like just a couple of hours of, of you know, practice what you've heard kind of thing. Because I definitely think there is some ways that it could be split up to be much more useful as a tool to because what you're teaching really is is how to how you're teaching a creative methodology to investigate yeah. an idea and that kind of stuff and it's a it's a process and the best way to do that is to just try and do it in a compressed format with some sort of idea and a lot of guidance but i reckon you could yeah. definitely split it up so that students on the you know the school of design could watch a video that explains the principles because i know i have like a slide deck that explains what agile is you know and and then i say okay and we're going to use design you know we're going to use a design sprint to sort of you know unpack this methodology and it's not yeah not yeah. purely agile because some of the agile stuff is is a bit much but you know yeah um and then sort of explain how that becomes design thinking you know with the other options around uh in not not just uh agile but the what is it this lean the startup you know so i, I look at yeah. the, the lean ux kind of process quite a bit which is a combination of those those things um yeah but it, it yeah it's yeah i think that there's a scope to take um business business model canvas which is one thing right um and then which is by osterwalder and a bunch of other people um eve penyer as well um and so business model canvas has got a bunch of different things in it um worksheet things that you can use and i think that people have built those for miro and for mural okay um they've taken the business model canvas and you can you can model out ideas for businesses and then the second part might be the design thinking type thing or human-centered design methodology where you're kind of iterating around in a loop mm. and then you might have some of this design um the sprint process type stuff i mean now these are all different methodologies that you can use to go from nothing to to something um and the business model canvas is a little bit different but i mean all of this stuff feeds into itself one of the interesting conversations i had maybe a month ago and actually i do another conversation it's with a lady called lisa de bettencourt who works uh, i think it's actually her company forge harmonic and she's working with ux and health the health space and she was we talked about a lattice work of of uh, models so you would have the business model canvas and on top of that you would layer other models like lean ux and you would look for overlaps and you would sort of use these tools together instead of this one instead of that one. Yeah. And for me, I thought this idea of a lattice work of models was really interesting because um, you could shift the lattice work around and do different things. So I think that when this starts to come into its own is where you start to use a little bit of this tool and a little bit of that tool and you start to jam something together. And I think that that would be interesting if you if you took that idea and you made it the backbone of a weekly exercise or possibly a you know I, i'm thinking this would be difficult to work within an academic environment because it tends to be built around modules yeah. and modules tend to be taught on a on a day that's the way we operate anyway um so the idea that you would do two hours on this day and then two more hours on say two days later that's that's not really the way it works in in belfast school of art so which I suppose is one reason I'm looking at the School of Design, you know, which has actually been through a big shift over the last couple of weeks. It's very much more startup thinking now. 
Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, I think. I, okay, let's come on to that in a second. I think we yeah, we can we do modules across days on different crits and things, but I do think, and I, this is one of the things I want to continue to push on. The module structure can be quite painful to run. You know, yeah. really cool stuff, and and I know that that you have and I have. We've written our modules so they're very open, so that we can run all kinds of cool projects. We can do stuff in it, but it's still there's still some things that tie you in. And in, in particular, it tends yeah. to be the structure of of the week, um, yeah. which is far. You know, there's got to be some structure somewhere. But so what's? But anyway, don't forget that. What's been happening in the school designer? Okay. Come on. I think before we get onto that, I think though that there is a there is a point to be made, which is that in and it'll be interesting to see how COVID nineteen affects this, but because of the employment situation and all of that around this, but definitely over the last. X number of years, I would say seven years at least, and more pressing in the last three. People want to know almost midsummer what days will you be teaching? They want to know what day am I doing this module and what day am I doing that module? And some of them aren't even, you know, you'll say, well, the core teaching for this one is on Monday, but we'll also be doing some lab sessions on Thursday. And they'll say to you, but is that is that just optional, the lab sessions? And you're like, well, not really, no, because you're a full-time student, so you should really be going to everything. And they're like, but if I miss that session with the tutorials, was that is that okay? And you're like, no, no, no. But, you know, these students need a job. They need to earn some money because they are taking on debt. And look, you're even a good example of that yourself because you're paying half of a PhD cost, which I actually find quite staggering, you know. Um, that's, but there you go. that's why I got to finish the thing. I can't, I'm sick of paying it. <laughs> you do you do have to finish it. I mean, I had a conversation with um, my head of school a few years ago about doing a PhD as well in the Royal College because in 2014, whenever I was running my design conference, Adrian Shaughnessy was speaking at it. He's a tutor at the Royal College. And I had emailed him beforehand saying, when you're in Belfast, I'd like to talk to you about a PhD. And he'd replied and said, look, apply, you know, you, we would we would be really interested in talking to you about this because you you know you've if John Wozencroft works there he's worked with Touch Records I've worked with Touch Records um, a long time ago um, and Adrian and I have done things together he's featured my work in various magazines and I've you know done you know had had him as a speaker at my conference and I was like this would be an amazing opportunity and a friend of mine was teaching at Canterbury Christchurch uh, Kate McLean and she'd said go and ask your your research institute director because my research institute director pays for my phd at the royal college and i was like what i feel like it's amazing and she said yeah you'd be surprised because like if you can get into the royal college that's a real kudos for the university and um, so it might be worth them spending the nine grand or whatever it is on fees and, and i went and had a meeting with the research institute director and said i'm thinking of doing a phd and as far as they're concerned the research institute directors just want as many people as possible to do phd so that as soon as you say that they look delighted uh, and I said, great. And what's the situation with the fees? And this person in question was like, oh, don't worry about that. That's all covered. And I was like, bloody hell, this is amazing. And I said, so, and she said, and who do you think is going to supervise you? And I said, well, probably Adrian and John. And she was like, who are they? And I said, well, they, they're at the Royal College. And then suddenly there was like this dawning. Oh, you want to do the PhD at the Royal College? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck that shit then. Just, you have to pay for that yourself. <laughs> I was like, oh, what? I thought I was going to get this paid for. <laughs> and I just couldn't afford, like, you know, the guts of £30,000. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's like three <laughs> years at 9,250 quid, you know, for me to do a PhD and learn from two smart people, Adrian and John, and probably, you know, have a life changing experience. But £30,000, I just, it's just too much money. Stop telling me that. <laughs> 
Well, you're paying like half of that. Yeah. Like 15 grand. And it's insane. I mean, uh, this for me is one reason I'm doing the School of Design because the whole thing has become like this big house of, of cards that's based on finance yeah um i just find it so depressing yeah yeah no i mean i want i mean i wanted to do it and there's lots of reasons and i just it's, it's taken longer than i'd hoped i mean some of the people i start so when they had a push for staff to do phds and um one person i started with at the same time is just has basically got it now so done dusted all revisions right. just gone live which is great another another person had um a bursary actually to do it at another institute because mine is a web science oh, PhD. Really? Yeah, mine's a web science PhD, so it's in the University of Southampton, um, and not not in my school. Um, and, and so this other person who got the bursary that was to do it not at the university. Yeah, that was to do it at another institute. I can't remember the institute, but he um, he quit like halfway through. He just couldn't just couldn't carry on. It just was too much. I didn't want to do it. He quit halfway through. Yeah, yeah. But it, obviously, he. I don't. No I, I don't way. think he had, I don't know if he had to pay back whatever the bursary was and that kind of stuff but he was just like I can't do this so I mean I think that's the thing it's it's hard work I would say probably not no I don't know I don't know yeah I think hopefully you know and he was he was cool with it but it was like so there was like three of us who started one's done it one quit and I haven't finished <laughs> so you know and and the yeah. rules and at the moment the rules have changed I think in terms of you want to do a PhD internally there's be there'll be a lot of pressure and uh, you'd have you i don't know i don't know whether you get a day a week i don't know what the fee structure is and of course there is um although research obviously at the university of southampton is massive it is being at the moment seen as like that is you know we've got to deliver our education well we've got to have the health and well-being of staff and students first we've got to deliver high quality education and we've got to do high quality research and research is now kind of the third thing on the list so i think at the moment with covid and all that kind of stuff the university has really just said look let's focus on the core thing so i don't even know any any yeah. so i'm just thinking at least i've got the chance to do it you know um and as much stress as it is and i hope i get it done in the next year um yeah at least i got on the bandwagon to do it yeah i bet one thing yeah I, i'm still tempted to do one but I just would need to earn that kind of money. Um, and I suppose for me, the thing that was a bit frustrating was that Adrian and John will not be teaching at the Royal College forever. Um, yeah. And they're the two people that I'm really interested in because they both have a history of music and graphic design. Um, but I imagine I'd probably have to go there in the next three to four years before they decided they couldn't be arsed anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. My, my main supervisor um, is going to retire soon. Um, and he only took me on really because he liked the idea of the project. And I'm, I'm just, I also just want to finish, yeah. I want to finish before he retires in that sense, because I feel like, ba yeah. I feel bad, like, I mean, he'll, he'll still get obviously the kudos from it, I'm sure, but it's kind of like, yeah, and he's a really nice guy and I like him a lot, but he, you know, he's, he's looking to, to retire. And also if the university is offering some voluntary severancy schemes and whatever, he might well, he might well take that up, although I, I know. Yeah, he might take I it. Know, I know, I don't know, maybe, like. I don't know. Often those things clash with your pensions, though, don't they? If you've got a pension scheme, something like weird happens if you try and take a voluntary severancy scheme too close to your pensioning moment. Something goes funny. No, no, no. I, I think it depends upon what your pension system is. I, th I know of a lot of people who retired at the last round at Belfast School of Art who were taking that early retirement because it was more or less filling up a chunk of their pension for the next few years. 
Um, oh, okay. I how that works. Yeah, I don't know how it works either, but... I don't really, you know... Um, no, I don't know. Anyhow, School of Design, yeah, I had a, an interview with someone on um, Monday, Tuesday. I spoke mm. to someone. I think a big part of what I'm doing now is I'm actually talking to people who, for example, they maybe have a designer who is on their team in a company and they don't necessarily have a design leader in place um, or they may do have design leaders um, but they don't have any time and so they're looking to upskill people um, so they're looking to take people who are a certain level but but improve their thinking um, right. so that was the conversation I had on Monday or Tuesday with a company who are making an education focused product and it just so happens that one of my students is is there one of my graduates is there and he wanted to come back and talk about you know maybe he could get some mentoring or maybe he could get some support to to increase his thinking or to upskill his thinking a bit um and i spoke to his boss on monday i think it was and just kind of kicked around a few ideas and said look you know in your company you don't have a you don't have any design leadership so your two people who are des- who are your designers are you know, one or two years out of college. So they don't really have anyone to teach them, you know, the things that they need to grow in their role. Um, and so there's an opportunity for me to adopt that that role for you. Um, they join me in the School of Design and I challenge their thinking. And maybe we take a project that you want to, to focus on, like, for example, your new website for your company. And they'll work on it, but I'll mentor them. And it'll almost be like having me as a free member of your team. Yeah. Which from a, you know, from, from a work point of view from a business point of view seems like a really good deal because you know i'm not going to do the work but i'm certainly going to give a an opinion on a project sounds great um, and so in a sense they're almost getting a free ux consultant into the bargain um so i don't know i'm just toying with lots of different things but i also got to the point at which i'm pretty sure i can hire jasmine who's been helping me one of my students so that would be good um, there was a, a bit of a hoops needed to be jumped through there because she's a student um, and so I wanted to hire her and I, I wanted to hire her with my non-university hat on of course. Um, but I was also acutely aware that if she comes back to university or Belfast School of Art in, in a year's time I don't think I'll be able to assess her work uh, you know I'd be able to teach her for sure but I wouldn't be able to assess her work um, no. because I'd have to recuse myself um, but yeah, that seemed to be okay. There's just a couple of little things I need to check about that. Um, but it seems that seems to be going okay. So I, I've got enough money to pay her until Christmas. Um, right. And we've also rethought our our placements. I don't know what you're doing about that, but a lot of students didn't want to go on placements um, because they just some of them can't get placements. Um, and from a from a kind of industry perspective, if all the students who can't get placements are going straight into final year along with the students who are returning from placements going into final year, you're going to have a very big year group this year hitting the market next June. Sure. You know, so you're going to have almost double the numbers of graduates looking for jobs, probably at the end of COVID, where there may be far fewer jobs. And potentially the whole ramifications of this are just shocking. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we didn't and have anyone going on placement. This been a concern. Yeah, we didn't have anyone. Going, we have like a year in, year in employment, we call it. And then, um, but I don't think anyone took that up or, or found anything that was suitable. We had uh, a number of students who got a year on exchange at, um, at absolutely fantastic partner institutes um, and right. couldn't go. 
I think one is man- one is going is was so keen to go, and I think it was an institute in the states that they are doing the first semester online remotely, and then will hopefully fly out to do the second semester in the states, you know, in February or whatever. So I was pleased that that came about, but I, you know, I think it's it's not quite the experience that it would have been had it been a full year, yeah. unfortunately. So have you seen have you seen the U.S. government um, policy that if you're an international student and you're not going to be in person taught in a classroom um, in the fall semester, you have to go back to your country. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously not in the States anyway, but I didn't know that even I didn't even know that if you're there already, you have to go back. Let's say I was in the States um, doing a, a course. Yeah. OK. Um, and I was halfway through my course and I'm about to go into the, the first semester of my second year for talk's sake. Um, if the university I'm going to has decided it will just teach everything virtually in the first semester, I have to go home. No. I can't stay, um, even though I'm going to be a student at that course. Uh, and even though I might still have my friends around me who maybe we can meet not in the university. And so the university, I think there's a lot of speculation that this is to encourage people to go back to university. And there's a lot of speculation in the United States about Donald Trump and you know, oh, really? ulterior motives. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's huge in the in the news this week. But I mean, there was a lot of friends of mine who work in higher education in America saying this is the craziest policy I've ever heard of. Yeah. And I've looked at it too and thought this is absolutely insane. Um, you know, this is going to kill your international student market if halfway through something you don't look like you're supporting everybody and saying we know it'll be hard, we know it'll be difficult, but here's what we're going to do: support you. Well, also, it's Instead like all those... that, you're saying, yeah, fuck off. Well, it's all, and it's the cost of all the flights. Do you know what I mean? If they have to fly home, and flights are expensive at the moment, if yeah. you get one, and then they're going to say, oh, we're okay now, come back for semester two. Like that, They're not going to, I mean, they yeah, might not come back. It's that's, crazy. That seems yeah, mad. there's a lot, okay. of, lot of American academics saying, this is crazy, this is the dumbest idea ever, and, you know, it will that really disrupt the market. You know, but then this morning I was having a conversation with a possible, you know, extra helper person on the School of Design, a friend of mine, Sarah, um, uh, who used to work with Tiago in the new digital school. And she's now working as an independent learning designer. Um, And I was talking to her about the possibilities of maybe doing some work together. Um, And one of the things that we talked about was the fact that this pandemic has normalized this type of teaching. You know, you can be talking to somebody, you can be giving them a, a really good tutorial um, you don't actually even need to be in the same country as them, yep. um, and you can you can look at their work. You can, you know, it's not it's obviously not the same as sitting in the same room as somebody, but you can be looking at what someone's doing. You can be giving them feedback and advice. You can be giving them a list of things to do. Yep. You can then be going into your Slack or your Mighty Networks or whatever and saying, right, these are the things you got to focus on. And yeah, it's kind of interesting. So it'll be interesting to see how this shakes out. I know, I know, it's going to be yeah, it's pretty full on, isn't it? I mean, in terms of the economy and whatever, I think we're about to start really, really feeling the the pinch. <laughs> I think we are. I mean, I think yesterday or was it yesterday or two days ago, the, um, you know, eat out for half price Monday to Wednesday. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll give you a thousand pounds for everyone you keep on who's been on furlough. Um, the problem with that is, you know, as so many people have said on the news over the last few days, a thousand pounds doesn't mean anything to somebody. You no. know, if you were saying to me, um, we'll give you a thousand pounds as long as you keep on Jasmine. If I'd already made my decision that I didn't have any money to spend to pay Jasmine to be my employee, 
a thousand pounds wouldn't make any difference. No, it's it would dro- be like that's dropping the drop ocean, whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and and I can't afford that. Um, so you know, it's not costing me a thousand. It's costing me more than a thousand. So um, I just I, I see it. It's really interesting because I started to write about this the other day in terms of like what's it like to look for a job, um, and I kind of wrote this beginnings of an article that I might publish or I might not. Um, saying I feel like I can comment on this now because I'm actually looking to spend my own money to hire somebody and I, I am actually now hiring somebody and I can see all this money moving from my bank account to someone else's bank account and whilst I'm delighted about that because I'm really happy for Jasmine and I think it'll be really good to work with her and I think she's going to learn a lot and I think she's going to help me a lot as well I, it's not been an easy decision for me because it's quite a lot of money yeah and you're, you're thinking what about your job security and all of that kind of stuff? I mean, you know, I think we're coming into a really tough time in the next few months, for sure. I think people oh, are dying. that people in your pool? <laughs> every episode's <laughs> going to sound. Yeah. Every episode's going to sound like someone's uh, dying, basically. No, that's so funny. <laughs> I went outside because they're making a pizza oven out there, that's and I said, um, "Right, we're doing a podcast in here, so try and keep the noise down." <laughs> Yeah, I say you've been told by Cara to keep the volume down. Oh yeah, I say the same thing. That is, it has zero impact though. <laughs> oh, okay. didn't hear anything you said there. We had one of our podcast moments where you were talking. I couldn't hear a word, and we just have to hope it will work on the on. It will work on the night. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Should yeah, we should cool. we wrap it up there? This is a bit of a kind of um, kind of. Uh, all over the shop episode but i think it's okay i think you know we talked about some interesting things yeah um, and i think the, the, i mean the, the thing is we kind of we, we missed our recording slot this week because of various reasons yeah, so i'm gonna yeah. try and get this thing edited and get it out to today anyway because i think we're set for fridays now according to some of the apps which i think is quite nice so if we get on, oh what so now we record on a friday no no what i'm thinking is we would <laughs> we would record on a tuesday and release on a friday but i'm going to try my, oh okay. So, okay but i'm going to try and try and release the thing straight away so that we that sort of come gets embedded in the that because the rhythm yeah, okay, yeah the cool, feed cool, seems cool. to like that look a heads up it was my fault that we didn't do the one on tuesday because i was just wrecked i was so tired and i had a real splitting headache because i'd just been doing zooms for like it took like almost 48 hours straight it was so exhausted um, and Adam very kindly bumped it on to today. So anyhow, you've been listening to your guests, um, uh, Mr. Murphy and Mr. Proctor. Um, Adam is about to go back out, put on his dressing gown, get his um, Linux laptop and, you know, just like chill by the pool, you know, L.A. style. Um, and yeah, just if you listen to well, I was going to say you might hear some splashes in a minute, but you won't because we'll have stopped recording by then. So <laughs> no, I didn't want to.